It seems to me that somehow or other, we Christians in this country and around the world have ended up with a gospel of escape. The scenario goes something like this. Satan is going to come. He knows that his time is near, so he's going to really pull out all the stops in the wickedness department. And everybody is going to sort of become overwhelmed with deception and wickedness. And uh, the, 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 the sin industries are going to prosper. Um, the Christian church is going to be persecuted no end. And finally, Satan is going to win so that God has no choice but to zap the earth with total destruction. And it's all going to go up in smoke. But praise God, Jesus is coming back to take away his bride. And so up they go in this uh, rapture, and then everything else gets demolished. And uh, what I have to say is that is not the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is what Jesus preached. And so we've, to, we've got to get back to the original gospel that Jesus preached. And that's what this whole series is about trying to get back to the original gospel. Let's go back and read Peter's second sermon, which is kind of, it's been a, 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 a basic scripture that um, I, I've based this whole series on, uh, both series, the, the Glory Through Time series and the End Time Promise, because Peter here is summarizing as briefly as possible in just a few verses, what the gospel of the kingdom is. It's his first opportunity. He's, he's had the, 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 the Pentecost sermon, which is about the Holy Spirit. But now that's passed a little ways, and, and now he's able to present the basic gospel of the kingdom, and this is it. Okay, he says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Okay, so just unpacking that for a minute, we see that there is a, an, an end product that God is going after. And that is the restoration of all things. Okay, so by calling it the restoration of all things, we see there's a, a transformation happening, but it's a transformation that is to restore something. Okay, and what he's restoring is God's original intention for creation. Okay, so Jesus is giving God something. God has a heart to see his original intentions being restored. And so that's Jesus' purpose in coming the first time. It's Jesus' purpose in coming the second time. It's the whole purpose of times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. So that's the present gospel of the kingdom as it's being worked out. But then he's coming again, and it's going to be the same purpose when Jesus comes back and establishes a 1,000-year reign on earth. So it's, it's, it's moving towards this goal of restoration. That does not sound like Satan wins and God can't do anything other than just destroy everything. 
That is not the gospel of the kingdom, what is so often being preached uh, today and just escaping from that horrible uh, picture. Then we need to ask ourselves, well, what needs to be restored? Um, and, and if you have any acquaintance with the Bible at all, you will realize it's we who need to be restored. We're the problem with this picture, you see. Uh, we're the ones that, that, that have fallen away. We're the reason for the fall of man and the sin. And, and, and so any picture of, of, of like utopia, of, of goodness and, and things improving, that doesn't include our restoration, our transformation, is a false gospel, okay? So that's why, you know, Jesus very clearly says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, um, verse 48, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You see, there's two choices here. If we're going to get along with God, either we got to bring God down to our level, or God has to take us up to his level. And the point is, instead of God just permitting us all the garbage that we speak and the horrible things that we do, he has a plan for transformation so that we can come up to his level. And that's why the Apostle Paul says in uh, 1 Timothy that uh, the purpose of his ministry, and of all Christian ministry really, is to produce in us a pattern. Okay, and the pattern is this, love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. Okay, that's 1 Timothy 1.5. And he's describing really the, the goal of all Christian ministry, you see, is to bring transformation of our character and our behaviors so that we are walking in a, a way that pleases God, that, uh, that, um, that matches his original intentions, okay? So um, the kingdom of God is going to mean we must be changed. And uh, so now we ask, what is the mechanism for this? The mechanism is very clearly stated in the gospel of the kingdom. He, he is going to write his laws on our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the mechanism that we've already seen in the Great Awakenings, for example, and we see it much more quietly in our own experience, individual experience, but it's magnified a hundred times when we, when we have a great awakening and God is pouring out his spirit. And so I love to go back, for example, to the Korean awakening. And it's really why I, I put all of the, the track record of God about this in the Glory Through Time teaching so that we can see what is it like when God comes to town. And the Korean awakening is such a clear picture of how God writes laws on hearts. Suddenly, God is in Pyongyang, and wow, I mean, people can't even stand up. And they're confessing their sins. They're desperate to get free. They're desperate to, to, to move through the process that God has to get out of the patterns of brokenness that are destroying their lives and, and, and move with God into this transformation, you see? And it's, it's clear from these times 
that we're the ones that have to be changed. We're the ones God is, is to restore. And as a mechanism of the Holy Spirit writing God's laws on our hearts. And so now, as we move through this, we see, uh, we, we kind of ended our teaching with the, with the, uh, the Back to Jerusalem movement, but it's, 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 the story is going on, okay? And, and it's moving into the Islamic world right now. Even since I finished the teaching, there's been a whole lot happening in the Islamic world. You can read all about it in David Garrison's book, A Wind in the House of Islam. Almost no people coming to Christ prior to 20 years ago. Since the last 20 years, 66 major movements in the Islamic world of people coming to Christ in large numbers. This thing is moving, and where is it going to end? It's going to end back in Jerusalem. And Jesus is coming back. And is he coming back to a world that is full of darkness and horrors and satanic presence? Some of that, yes. But <laughs> this is what, what Paul says, that all Israel will be saved. I mean, that doesn't sound like a satanic victory. That sounds like total defeat to me. And so that the, the Jews are going to be able to say to Jesus as he's coming back, Baruch haba Bashem Adonai. Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, they're all going to accept their true Messiah. And that's going to happen because God will already have written his laws on their hearts by the Holy Spirit in this last culmination the great awakening at the end of the age, which is going to culminate in this particular um, promise being fulfilled. So let's just look at, because Peter says, according to the prophets, so let's look at the prophets and see what this say, they say about this righteousness, this transformation, this, this way God is going to have of changing our hearts. A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Okay, this is Isaiah 11. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of, knowledge, of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is coming into the Messiah, and he's flowing out from the Messiah. Okay, it's and, and he will not judge by what he sees, okay? He's, he's, he's judging by what he discerns from the Holy Spirit. He does, he does not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, Faithfulness, the sash around his waist. And then the result of this righteousness spreading out from the Messiah is this. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, the lion, and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. It's going to be a world full of absolute peace. And everything and everybody is going to get along with each other. It's, it's the creation the way God originally designed it. All right, but uh, then we see that there is a process a little bit further. 
um, where we see that it's the, the Holy Spirit moving through the Jews, okay? And so uh, it, it, it's a, a national uh, progression here, and I want to I show that to you. For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Okay, we see that happening right now as the Jews are being pulled out of all these countries and being put, put back into the land of Israel. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my law. So here again we see God writing his laws on human hearts, but now it's the Jews who have been moved back to Jerusalem, to Israel, and then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and I will not bring famine upon you, and so on. And so here we see the result is the creation becomes a blessing, but before that can happen, people need to give their hearts to the king, and then the king writes his laws on their hearts by the Spirit. All right, so that's going to happen in Israel, and then what about the rest of us? Okay, so what are the other nations? have a similar promise. Um, and, and, and we go back to Isaiah chapter 2. Uh, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and so on. And we see once again, the result of righteousness is world peace and goodness, blessing flowing into all the nations. And so it's like two waves. One is the, the present wave, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Then there's another wave that comes after Jesus is, it returns and is made king in Jerusalem. And, and, and the vast increase of righteousness and justice, we, are, we will learn to distinguish between truth and falsehood, uh, between righteousness and unrighteousness. Every false teaching that has come down the pike has lacked this ingredient, a mechanism for our hearts to be changed. Marxism, you know, had a, a, a beautiful vision uh, for everyone having uh, enough, um, nobody uh, being real filthy rich and then everybody else being poor, you know, just have a government that's going to distribute wealth equally for everybody. Only problem is, who's going to run the government? See, if there's no way for hearts to be transformed, that is a false promise, and that's what Marxism has proven to be, just a totally false promise. Or how about secularism? That's the, that's the doctrine of America right now, and we've seen how a lot of people are becoming uh, just a bit 
um, disillusioned with that. I, I think, for example, of what I just read this morning, let me read this to you. This is um, Judith Miller, who's come out with a new book, The Story, A Reporter's Journey. She's one of the leading uh, journalists of our time, and, and she's explaining her book. I wanted to take people inside journalism and to make them understand what a really shabby shape the profession is in today. Why? You know, what's the problem? Even the most respected, reputable organizations do things that are oftentimes contrary to the truth. See, we've forgotten how to tell the truth. Everybody is forgetting how to tell the truth. And when everybody loses the distinction between truth and falsehood, then you've got a really serious problem. And when reporters who are trusted to tell the truth, that's their job, and they're the ones that are having a problem with this, we're in deep trouble. Who knows what's reliable? All of our words fall to the ground when everybody ceases to tell the truth. So you see how desperately we need a transformation. And if we don't get it, we're in deep trouble. We've got to have the true promise of the kingdom of God. Now we've got Islam coming in. Islam has no mechanism for transforming human hearts. What Islam says is that God is in heaven and we're here on earth and um, we can never go to be in heaven with God because God is holy and we are not. And so God has in his mercy uh, provided another different place for us and that's paradise. So who's in paradise? Well, not God. Um, it's the Huris that are in paradise. The Huris, who are they? Well, they're the dark-eyed ones that are going to reward all those jihadis who are going to war for Allah. And um, if that isn't a shoddy, shabby, false gospel, I have never, ever um, heard what a false gospel would be. That is the ultimate false gospel. And so uh, I want to urge you, if you are a Christian, and if, uh, even more if you're not, to surrender your life to the king so that he can, with your will uh, behind the decision, he can begin to change and to transform your life so you become a part of the restoration of all things. Let me also mention, that's why we're going to have another series of teachings on this website, How Shall We Then Live? Um, there, uh, there has to be a change in us, and we'll be looking at that in the last series of teachings on the website.